There we are. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of UJ Sports Live. My name is Rodney DeBulsey. I'm joined by Dane Young and former Georgia Bulldog head coach Jim Dunn, the Hall of Famer. Uh, we are happy that he is with us and he can answer all of your G-Day questions. Uh, if you have some questions, go ahead and put them into the comment section. Hit us up and we will uh, get to them after we answer the ones from the dog event. So, uh, and also please share this with your friends. We would greatly appreciate that if you were to put this on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, what Twitch, whatever the other ones are. Basically, if you're on a social media platform, LinkedIn, I don't care, stick it on all of them. If you, you want to share it on uh, uh, any of your dating apps too, that's fine too. Show, let, let the ladies know what you're into. You know, And of course, if you have Coach Don on there, that's probably going to get you a lot of play with the ladies. So let's... Uh, be sure to share that uh, sh share the show wherever you can. We'll show more of those NC State pictures that we did. Yeah, uh, last picture week. last week. Tell them, tell the young them send me with some, hair. Tell them to send me some casseroles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's uh, share it with your next door neighbor who's good at making casseroles. She'll bring you a coach a few. So uh, we really appreciate it. And shout out to our sponsors, Academy Brewing Company, Dead Soxie, and their home run sale. Uh, your pie pizza uh, restaurants, and of course, our friends at Athens Ford. We'll talk about all those folks later on in the show, um, but uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Let's get right to it. Coach G-Day is in the books. It is over with. Uh, I thought it was a good day. I was, if I, to me, walking away from that, if I'm a Georgia fan, a few questions, you know, but to me, generally, it was very positive, very few injuries. Just a couple guys got banged up, so you come out of it injury-free, Um little sloppy here and there, but other, overall, if I'm a Georgia fan, I'm like, hell yeah, back to back. Let's go. Give me your takes. Give me your take on the day. Well, you know, one of the best things about having a, a game like that is exposure for everybody because there's nobody can watch practice and a lot of yeah. question marks uh, and the unknown is just out there. Everybody just critiques it to the max. And now you can actually see these guys in, uh, on the hoof and watch what they do. And as a coach, from a coach's perspective, that's what I try to do because we have a general manager on here. And uh, <laughs> he will, uh, big week coming up for me. He will be uh, telling us all about that. But I, I really feel like uh, the the fact that it was such a good production from a standpoint of organization. I mean, getting all those teams together. It's hard enough when you have one get ready uh, for a game, but. With, and the fact we had all the subs going in for the kicking game and weren't a lot of sloppy penalties. I wasn't on the ground much from a perspective of uh, fumbling. But, uh, you know, there's some things that you can certainly hone in on. But uh, if you just look at Kirby's perspective, I would think that one of the things he wanted to get out of the game was to see, uh, you know, just exactly how uh, Beck could compete. Uh, along with Vandergriff against the twos, because there's certainly a decided difference in the twos and the ones as far as the secondary in particular and the pass rush. So uh, Beck was able to get out there and, and make some really good throws. He missed some short ones, but he's always had trouble with that. And that's usually true with a guy that's got a big arm, the touch factor. So, but I would say the overwhelming for me for the weekend, though, was the fact that Amarius Mims has decided to stay here. And that's huge for Georgia in a lot of ways, not just because uh, you got another player, but you got a player with his potential. Uh, he's a very young kid that is growing into a man's body and 
you know, certainly has some issues that anybody uh, that all of us have had that in the homesickness, whatever it might be. And you got to be kind of a mentor to him uh, with coach smart. And he, he realized that uh, I'm just speaking from what it looks like that, that, uh, you know, maybe moved a little bit too quickly uh, trying to do that. And that's what about the fact that you have to finish up the school year and get your grades in and all. And so I think it's very, uh, very good that Amarius helps our depth and uh, he'll certainly have a chance to play a lot, uh, not only this year, but in the future. Uh, but my basic take on the whole thing is just a very good amount of athletes that can really run and are well coached and potential for an outstanding team. You got a veteran quarterback, you got a lot of good skill people. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, Gilbert was just what I had been talking about all spring. There's no question about his uh, magnitude and what he'll do for our team along with He's kind of fat, though, Coach. He's what? He's kind of fat. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where that's coming from. He, he, you know, <laughs> he, might could, he might could lose five or four. Uh, but, but, you know, you just look at his – He looks great. Uh, I think that's something – overplayed people were trying to make something that isn't there but uh, his body uh, the way he can control his body in the red zone and the way he can get open uh, you know Kirby mentioned he missed a couple blocks but uh, hey Gronk misses some blocks but you're not going to fire <laughs> so uh, you know Kirby wants him to do everything well and that's what we'll do but I, I see a lot of potential for this team and the, the thing that's going to be good now is you've got the the May situation coming up where they can continue to lift weights, throw on their own and defend on their own. And then you got summer school where we'll get uh, six or seven more guys in that signed with this, particularly Humphrey and Singletary to help our secondary. And then you add maybe a transfer there one, I don't know for sure what position, but we'll probably see some of that, but we'll, See here in the next few days what's going to happen on the uh, – uh, that he asked me about what I said about – he didn't want me to say that about uh, Gilbert. You know, he wants to critique him. No, I, I just think really uh, uh, we'll see the next 10 days here between now and May 1st who's going to stay here that might we might thought would be leaving and maybe somebody will leave. But there's going to be a few kids. You can't blame them. I mean, they see the handwriting on the wall. Yeah, there'll be some roster movement for sure. You know, I encourage everyone to not take a, a lot of grand takeaways from a spring game uh, because it's it's not the same kind of football. They're they're doing a showcase. It's it has different goals in mind, so that's one thing. Particularly though, it is a spot where quarterbacks are able to show what they can do passing the football because there's a ton of opportunities for it. And I think you saw really on the field that. Stetson Bennett by far and away is Georgia's best quarterback because he does all the things well with more consistency. You don't get to this level if you can't throw the football well, period. So Carson Beck can make the throws. Stetson Bennett can make the throws. Brock Vandergriff can make the throws. But can they make them with a level of consistency that you need not to stall out drives? And I think you saw both with Beck and Vandergriff. They're just not there yet in terms of consistency. And um general manager you got that right but i think something that everybody needs to put in their memory bank and put in their projection here is 
that really isn't the Georgia offense that you saw Saturday. Uh, we're not a drop-back team. We're a play action. We, we hardly ever – you know, the first play that uh, Beck threw was a play action, but we didn't do much under center. We didn't throw many rollouts. We didn't throw hardly any bubble screens, any tunnel screens. A lot of the things that we uh, weren't even focused on Saturday, uh, you know, you're not going to see – that many drop back passes in the first five games, I wouldn't think. I mean, we're more of a RPO uh, play action, dink and dunk, and then go deep. So, uh, but the one thing that I would say too that I forgot to is there shouldn't be quite as much clamor about who we have at receiver because if you start adding those guys up and adding the production that they've had collectively, that's a pretty good group when you add uh, certainly. Kiaris Jackson and uh, Dom Blaylock to McConkey and uh, A.D. Mitchell. And you saw Meek's ability. Uh, you know, he's either really good or sometimes he drops. He's got a lot of potential, too. And then, of course, Arian Smith. Wow. Uh, the, the other Smith kid's got potential, too. So, we, And we got the, the kid from uh, Houston coming in. So I think our receiver room looks good, except maybe for a, another deep threat guy, which they might look for. In the portal, I don't know. You know, we like that speed, but I wouldn't trade this team for for many teams. Maybe a pro team. Uh, there might be, a couple, but uh, I like our roster. Yeah, I mean, in that list of uh, wide receivers, I mean, we're gonna add Marcus Roseme, Jack Sane in there too. He he looked uh, pretty big, and uh, Dylan Bell, the guy you mentioned out of Texas. A lot of people are sleeping on him. You know, that kid can fly, and when he plays, the, the stuff that we've seen coming out of Texas, it's not like he's playing against the little sisters of the poor. He's playing against some very tough competition in Texas, and he has looked fantastic. Uh, Dane, I'll go back here and talk about the quarterbacks, a lot of quarterback uh, talk coming out of this afterwards. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we also saw a couple just awful series by Stetson Bennett, you know, batted pass, uh, incomplete pass, drop pass, you know. And it, it's almost like it's uh, – Bennett reminds me sometimes of a quarterback who has like one – or like a car – you talk about cars and maintaining the car. And every once in a while he has just kind of this backfire series. It just – and then he, he goes out and he runs the team down the field. And I think if you accept the fact that you're going to have one bad series in there – or as Kirby Smart called them boneheaded plays or a boneheaded decision or something like that. Just accept that that's in there and you know that that's the uh, – it's baked into the formulation of how it's going to be. And you don't just focus on the boneheaded stuff versus the long passes, Darius Smith, the Carson Beck throws, and you look at the totality of it. I think that's where when Kirby was asked post scrimmage, you know, Hey, what about the quarterbacks? He's like, look, there's no question who our starter is. This is our guy. But if you've got a backup quarterback and I thought at times Carson Beck looked fantastic. He looked really good with the twos and coach makes a good point. That's a lot easier to do that with the twos and the ones. But Brock Vandegrift being able to tuck and run. And I know a lot of people go, I don't want to hear about quarterbacks. I don't want to hear about who the backup is. I don't want to hear about this. But just look at Kirby Smart's tenure at Georgia. His quarterbacks get injured. He's just a run of bad luck where guys get banged up and you have to know who the number two quarterback is. So to me, I really enjoyed being able to watch those guys for an hour and a half on Saturday, flinging the ball around, tucking and run, making decisions. Uh, that, that interesting delivery that uh, Brock Vandegrift had uh, to, to Don Blaylock, uh, uh, Carson reading the defense, making throws. Uh, we got a ton of questions from uh, the folks here about the tight ends. You know, hey, the tight ends look so good. Eddie from Ackworth and uh, uh, 
uh, Phil Rogers all saying, hey, coach, what about me using 14 personnel with all those tight ends you have? So to me, that offense, we, we can we can nitpick over the quarterbacks, but man, you've got to be very excited about what that offense did. You just mentioned all those wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs look great. Uh, hell, the offensive line looked great. I'm, I know we, everyone's like, we'll have no generational defense, but coach, this offense could put up some sick points. Yeah, I think the the other thing you got to remember is the uh, both teams knew what was going on. I mean, uh, very true. Defense pinning their ears back, not worried. We didn't run any draw plays. We didn't run any screens. I mean, it was, uh, you know, we were going against Oregon the first game and didn't want to show anything new that we might have put in this spring that uh, Coach Lanning hadn't seen. But he'll he'll have a good feel for it, knowing that going against us so much. But uh, I guarantee you, unless you're really a negative person. I mean, I'm talking about really, really negative. It's hard not to be a glass half full guy with this team. I mean, I don't know how you can't help but be. Um, looking I, at- I'm with you, Coach. And you know me, I I worry. I obsess over the negatives, and I look for stuff like that uh, just because, you know, you got so many years of being let down, you just wonder where the, where the problem is going to pop up. But. When I look at that running back group, I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. And Branson Robinson isn't even here yet, you know. Uh, Dejon Edwards looked great. Uh, hell, Savon Clark looked fantastic. Then you go to the tight ends. Uh, you know, you uh, you hated not being able to see Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers play, but you got to see Oscar Delp. I mean, he tore it up. And uh, Arik Gilbert scoring a couple times. That was fantastic who, who for him. Long journey for him. Who was that? Who's Arik Gilbert? Yeah. <laughs> This is this guy. He's fourteen. Uh, a little, okay. little, little heavy set, but you'll, you'll recognize him when you see Gilbert, him. Gilbert. Well, you know, here's the thing about which I always like uh, when you have a really great player, and it's not anything but the coach in me. But I always like for one of my best players to maybe have a little something wrong with him. Maybe not as much as Bowers did, but I enjoy those guys missing spring because. <laughs> That was just one last chance that they were going to get hurt. And uh, so Brock will be fresh as a daisy here once we get going. Uh, he, he should be on the Olympic. Uh, uh, he could run the uh, marathon as much as he's run over the last few weeks. Uh, they put them through their paces for that. But we could get into a lot and review the game and all that. But let's get some questions. But I do want to mention the fact that uh, that I feel like the cohesiveness – of our staff showed out pretty well Saturday from the standpoint of uh, all of a sudden you got a new receiver coach, you got a new linebacker coach, you got a new secondary corner coach uh, and a new O-line coach, but there didn't look like a lot of organizational flaws out there as far as who's supposed to be in the game, not have enough guys on the field. Our rotations were good. We got guys in and out of the game and, if that can happen with 15 practices, you can imagine what's going to happen with the fall camp. So I think that part in itself, as an old coach, I always look for that. You know, we didn't look sloppy. We looked like we knew what we are doing. And there's a real value in that when you play the other teams. They expect a lot from Georgia because they're defending national champion and all that. But you go out on the field against a team that overmatches you, and then you all of a sudden everything they do looks like they're not going to do anything to stump their toe, then that makes it even harder to beat them. So uh, 
as we've talked about so many times, most games are lost. They're not won. So I think that's what we got to really be, really be big on. I know uh, after 85 and we won the championship at Oklahoma, uh, Switzer told us in the spring, said, I don't want to come into any meetings after a game on Sunday and hear about mental errors and mistakes. But we need to do just enough to win. We're better than everybody on our schedule. And we ended up losing one game, and that was what happened to us. We fumbled two punts inside the 10 against Miami and lost and didn't get to play for the national championship. So even though we were better in 86, we beat ourselves one game, and that can happen. You got to you got to avoid losing as much as you try to win. Hey, go go back to that uh, inaugural game, Dane, that we had uh, our our inaugural watch along game, that South Carolina game where Georgia beat themselves. And people blamed us though because we didn't. Well, they should along. have. <laughs> well, the, the, Georgia just played. They played like shit. I mean, but coach coach nails it. I mean, it's. I wouldn't notice. You know the guys coming off the sideline correctly and, you know, the substitutions going smoothly. We, I don't see stuff like that. Coach does, and that's why we love having him on the show. So uh, I know you got some questions. I do want to give a quick shout-out to uh, uh, Eddie from Ackworth and uh, uh, Leanne said uh, – where did uh, Leanne uh, – uh, Leanne Sedlock, excuse me, for sharing this on Twitter. It means a lot to us. So thank you, Leanne, and uh, thank you, Eddie. Coach, what I want to do is there were it, it's really. What sad. did they share our show? Yeah, they shared the show like we asked them to right at the beginning. They went oh, right, right to Twitter okay. and put it out there for everybody. So that's good. That's good. Coach, I picked out seven players that kind of caught my eye from G Day, and I'm giving you a 10 second clock on. Are each you trading them. for them? Or are you going to? Get <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I'm preparing them to be drafted. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. I, I'm so a, I'm 10 a, second max, and we've mentioned three of these. I'll start with those three: Jackson Meeks. Jackson has a lot of potential. I mean, he fights hard for the ball. He's got good hands. He's just got to be more consistent. But I uh, really had a good look at him this spring. I like him. Dajan Edwards. Dajan's going to have that quick hiccup move, can get to the outside quick. Uh, he, he really runs inside pretty good, too, behind the big guys. I just don't see him being an every-down player for us at this point with those two guys ahead of him. And I hope he stays here. I, I mean, you, you got to think he will, but uh, – he can, he can play for a lot of teams and start for a lot of teams. Oscar Delp. Oscar took advantage of the reps he got with uh, Washington being out and uh, with the situation with Bowers. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of potential. Got to get stronger, no question about it. He's got good movement, can run in the open field, has a good future. But it's, it's hard to see him being ranked over – five or four. I mean, it just depends on whether Cedar is ahead of him and if Cedar stays here, but he's got a good future. No question. William Poole at corner. I think it's a question of uh, Lassiter being hurt and they want to see Poole out there. He's more of a star guy to play the slot. Uh, really improved last year. He's a fifth, fifth or sixth year guy that's going to come back and give us a lot of depth, helping special teams. I'm glad we got 31 playing for us. Javon Bullard. I tell you, this Javon. I talked to Roddy about him. Uh, I, I think he and uh, and the other kid, uh, Corey Thomas, are two guys that are really going to help us uh, in the future. They're, they're physical. They can cover pretty good. Uh, not great yet, but they break on the ball okay. But they they're going to be guys that are going to help us on special teams and get a lot of reps in the fall and uh, probably play, have, both have to play in backup roles. Warren Brinson. 
here's a guy that's uh, got a big body and is explosive, just got to mature a little bit. You know, he had that off the field incident that can happen to anybody, but uh, really takes advantage of our uh, inside strength that these other guys has and can come in there and play pretty good. I, I've been in the, I've been impressed with the way he's developed. And last one, close to your heart, Jared Zirkel. We know Zirkel uh, got a chance to win the game and uh, got that kick. Uh, I was hoping he would be better on kickoffs. Uh, that was one of the things we recruited him for, but uh, just don't see him playing a lot here right now. Good, good segment. I like that. Let's just let's clip that and just run it for the Let's rest of the show. Everybody get, gets on me for that. I mean, that's just the way I feel. I mean, I, no. I don't know if that could happen, but uh, hey, I coach, it's the, it's the honesty, which is why we have you on the show. I, I mean, go through the whole roster on that. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Hey, we got a summer of shows to fill, so we can do it that way. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do six more that. next. I don't say that braggingly. I just feel like I got a good beat on these guys. No, that was good. Hey, I want to go back to touch on the Ja'Cory Tom, uh, Thomas. Uh, that kid laid out a hit, Coach. I think I think it was on Delp or somebody, but he, he is a hitter. And I think you went over it pretty fast talking about how this team can run when you mentioned Warren Brinson. And I thought our screen at left tackle, the backup left tackle, looked really good in his uh, kick slides. Uh, that is – that is a fast team across the board. Malachi Starks flying around back there. Dejon Edwards running step for step with that Jackson Meeks catch. He had a great catch down the sideline, but I don't know how much better uh, Dalen ever could have played that uh, ball in the air. Uh, yeah, I would say this. No, I'm sorry, uh, that was Nylon Green. My apologies, but Nylon Green running with him. But the speed well, on the field. Everett was, was, ever was the first play of the game against uh, when the when the red team had it when they threw the the. Uh, faked the ball up inside and threw the ball deep to Smith. That was Everett that uh, tried to cover him. And he covered him pretty well. But, you know, I think there's the other thing, too. Uh, we played very limited coverages, and uh, our secondary is going to benefit from the from the fact that, that our offense is going to put other teams in, in some really harm's way and the fact they're going to have to be coming from behind. And, you know, I was out there one day and I was talking to uh, – my favorite defensive player, 88 in your program, one in your heart. And he said, tell you what, big daddy, that's what he calls me, or boss man. I can't remember which which one he called me. He said, but big this, daddy, I love it. He said, he said, we, we put on 13 out there beside me and nickel. We can get after the quarterback's ass. So uh, that's going to be good. Um, some impact freshmen, uh, 13's going to, develop and we feel like Marvin Jones is going to come in here too but also uh so Michael Williams I, I like I like Everett at corner I think he's got a lot of potential and it's just hard to play man to man down after down like we did the other day and expect to uh you know be be successful uh against most teams but uh we we mix up our coverages you know we got one of the best secondary coaches ever in Kirby and uh, he, he's got good help with Muschamp and our new new coach too so we'll have a lot of different looks and somebody was mentioning about uh, Pops playing man coverage it's tough to play man be a physical linebacker and, and uh, do all the things you got to do and then play backside of the backfield I mean uh, Nakobe had to really work on that remember the Miami the uh, Florida game remember some problems we had a couple of years ago, all those guys got a lot better at it as they got more and more coaching from Schumann. So 
I can see all those linebackers getting better at coverage for sure. I did take a look at the walk-ons on the field too, because in most historically in G day, that's just an opportunity for walk-ons to get in the stadium, get some playing time. But obviously Georgia's had walk-ons that have contributed heavily, even Dan Jackson last year in the national championships. I'm trying to see who could potentially be in those roles. We've heard about Kirk Nisley at running back, having a good spring when he had opportunities, but I was impressed with Jalen Kennedy. I mean, that's a really good athlete running with some, some big time receivers out there. And I thought he looked pretty good overall for the day. Yeah, he did. And that, that's one thing that uh, I always liked about G-Day, too, is get some of those guys down there to have a chance to, you know, flourish in front of their family. And even if you don't get to play much in the fall, you, you can always say, hey, uh, I, I got a chance to really rock during G-Day back in 2022. I mean, that's, that's a good thrill for those kids. And they deserve it. I mean, they go out there and run the other team's plays and do all the stuff they got to do to help the team and that, that's why they get a ring. And that's why they, uh, that was another thing that just was kind of all inspiring. See those guys walk out there and it's kind of tough to think about them not being here next year, but just uh, walking out and, and getting that championship ring, uh, you know, there's nothing like it. I mean, we can talk about all the things, individual awards, all this stuff, but uh, there is no greater reward than team victory. Team victory, team victory. And uh, you cap that off with a championship ring. There's nothing like it. It's a good-looking ring, too. Uh, it's, and I'm with you, Coach, when you saw all those uh, seniors and guys who are departing the program line up and get their rings and hold them out there. You, you see just the sheer amount of talent that's leaving. You, get, you Again, for the person who's always worried about when's the other shoe going to drop, you get a little nervous about seeing all that production leaving. But then – like you said, with Jalen Carter and Michael Williams, 13 side by side, what they can do. And I, th- I actually tweeted out mid game that it was unfair when uh, Jalen Carter and uh, Nolan Smith went up against the right side of Georgia's line and they ran a twist or a stunt. Yeah, it was just, it was really unfair. And I'm thinking, man, good luck, Oregon stopping this. Good luck, South Carolina. Good luck, Auburn. Because <laughs> those two side yeah. by side and then Michael and Marvin Jones and, uh, Warren Brits, uh, Tyrion, excuse me, uh, Ingram's Dawkins on the inside. Tyrion, I thought he had a big game. So that's just, yeah. uh, you know, they know they're rushing, they're rushing. Like I said, they know they're not doing anything but throwing. And yeah. the other thing is defensive back. So what if they hit a deep ball? What are they going to do? Throw you out of the stadium? I mean, it's, <laughs> they're just playing, you know, they're playing a practice game. So they're going to play over aggressive and they know that it's not a, true game but I mean it's not like it's okay to hit a deep ball but you probably saw more deep balls hit Saturday against our defense and you'll see all next season yeah, very true uh, speaking of uh, seasons right now is a very good it's baseball season and we had a promo set up with our friends at Dead Soxie and it didn't work and it's just got it's, it's silly it, it's frustrating because we just happened to pick a bad series. Now, what the our friends at Dead Socks do—they make fantastic socks. You'll absolutely love them. We wear them. We give them away when uh, whenever we get a few extra pairs. Uh, but if you go to Dead Socks and you get the Georgia-themed socks, you can always use promo code UGA Sports to get twenty-five percent off. Fantastic deal, right? Well, they had a deal where with the Georgia versus Texas A and M game where they were going to give you 10% off for every home run that Georgia hit. So Georgia hits three home runs in the three games versus uh, Texas A&M, you get 30% off. They hit six home runs versus 
uh, Texas A&M, you get 60% off. And it wasn't just one game. It was all three games. And Georgia lost two out of three games and no home runs. So what they did, they changed it to a straight 40% off. So you can go to Dead Soxy right now. Use promo code HOMER, H-O-M-E-R, you know, like the homers that didn't happen. And even though the the Georgia baseball team kind of let us down on a long ball this past weekend, Dead Soxy is not going to. And they won't let you down because their stocks stay up. They have the true state technology. They don't slip down. And you can get them at a much better deal than even our normal UGA Sports promo code of 25% off. If you use promo code HOMER, you'll get them at 40% off. So uh, if you got graduation gifts that are coming up, I know my son's graduating. All his little buddies that I coach and have known for 100 years, I think about what I'm going to get all them. Uh, you got uh, it'll be Father's Day in a couple months, you know, uh, Mother's Day's coming up, all that stuff. Go buy Dead Soxy and uh, use the promo code uh, promo code Homer. Get forty percent off, and it's only this week. This isn't a long time deal, so do it right now. Also, I want to mention our friends at Academic Brewing Company. Uh, with the you know this baseball season, you're now able to watch the Braves. That's a great place to go watch a Braves game. They have fantastic beer. They have fantastic food. And here's something new, Dane. You'll probably like this because I know you're a nerd. Uh, May 2nd from 7 to 9, they're going to have uh, Harry Potter Trivia Night. So they, they have trivia nights all the time. They have game nights all the time. They have classic car shows out there. There's always something going on. But uh, on May 2nd uh, from 7 to 9, you can actually take part in Harry Potter Trivia Nights. There's always some sort of themes or some sort of fun stuff going on at Academic Brewing Company, which is why we really enjoy them. So uh, I think my wife will probably go there and win that whole thing. So. It wouldn't shock me. I am a nerd, but I've never seen a second of a Harry Potter movie or read a word of the books. So wow. I'm, so I'm more of a nonfiction guy, man. I like documentaries. Okay. So it's just not a but you, but you did, nerd. Regular nerd. But you did. My nerd. I love you. But he did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. That's true. Well, he picked seven good players. Those are all guys that kind of stood out to me, too. So. Yeah, let's go for it. What else we got here? Let's go to some questions from the dog Ben at ugasports.com, which uh, we should always talk about more on our show because that's how uh, we stay employed. So go check out ugasports.com, become a member there. It is the uh, oldest and I would say most invested uh, community of Georgia fans on the internet going back to the 1990s. So uh, go check out ugasports.com. This from HugDog18 says, Coach D, how do you evaluate players from the transfer portal and compare them to people in your current roster he said it's always an attractive possibility of what could happen but usually it's what will happen is going to be the way that that shakes out uh, so how do you assess players in the portal and how they can fit in on your team well i would say you do it three ways number one word of mouth what kind of uh, contact do you have do you have an ex-coach that you worked with that's in that conference or somebody that uh, has really good value that coached this guy in high school or junior college that can tell you about his uh, true network. Uh, what kind of uh, tape does he have? Uh, look at what his uh, value would be in relation to your own team because you don't want to bring somebody in that can't beat out your present guys. Uh, that, that's not the issue. We, we've got to have a place for them too. Uh, that's the whole number three. Uh, do you have a spot? Uh, you know, we're in a situation where we're around 88 or 89 right now. I don't know how many more guys are going to leave. but So I would think, uh, number one, how do they rate 
with with your ability to uh, scout them uh, because the reason you're looking at them is you have a need by which I guess that would be the top thing you have a need for that whether it might be just a overall uh, type person you know what I mean like last year we brought Tyke Smith in because we needed a star by that we needed a, a fifth defensive back a guy that could play uh, in the slot and cover people and unfortunately he got hurt and we'll be able to add him back to our repertoire this year we also brought in Darian Kendrick who's an outstanding corner that we needed a, a starter type guy he'd been all ACC playing the national championship game so those are things that you look at as far as their value and what they can do for your team you know what I'm saying so I hope I answered that good answer Dane. Lost Dane's volume there. You still talking about yeah. it? No, I, I put myself on mute. I was, I was, yeah. Were, were, you, were you talking to another general manager there? You're going to trade? <laughs> you hey, I we, got a trade for you. We're trying to trade up in the first round. That's what, that's what we're doing. All right. Uh, BMAR 67 wanted to know your general impressions from G Day. We've covered that, but is there a player that calls your attention that we haven't discussed? Well, uh, I'd say Ernest Green, uh, 71, uh, left tackle because of the issues we had with some injuries at tackle and graduation. He got an inordinate amount of playing time, a lot of reps all spring, and uh, got good feet. And the thing that's always good for me uh, is when the other players talk you up because there's nothing wrong uh, about listening to different people outside the program and all that. But when a guy that plays with you or plays against you mentions you when he's talking about the team, that means you've got the respect of others. And that's hard to garner as a true freshman coming in right off the bat. So these guys know what it takes to play, and they're not going to mention you unless you can, they feel like they can help you because they all want to, you know, help ourselves. So uh, I think Green is a rising star for 71, and he, he's very uh, – upbeat as far as potential too i mean i can see him and the, the thing i like about his foot movement you know he, he can he can move around and uh the other two guys we mentioned all spring but we'll say something about is the way both truss and willock have moved in there and done a very solid job at guard and it's pretty obvious if you just get out there unless you're just almost blind and can't see the, the immensity of our offensive line when you look tackle to tackle and look at those big guys at guard. I mean, we got a really big, huge offensive line. And I hope people realize how good Warren McClendon is. I don't know how you can ignore it at this point, but even in G-Day, his effort was really, really good. And I, I think that that's a team leader for Georgia, like one of the best players on the team. I'm going to tell you now, you got guys like Warren McClendon and Van Pran that can articulate like they can on their feet and also play like they play. Uh, sometimes you're looking for something else because he, he, he didn't have that quite a, a background, but uh, I'm telling you, Warren McClendon's solid. Solid as a rock. I mean, that guy is solid now. I really yeah. like I like Warren and I like him uh, – his leadership, like you mentioned there, GM, that was good. I like that. He, he's got good, good ability to for the other guys to follow and uh, 
hey, he he's taking on the challenge. He knows Mims is out there, and he knows we got some good young guys. And and I saw him as I told Roddy uh, the first couple of practices. He was moving in at center to see what he could do there to give us some depth. And uh, you know, he's got that ability, kind of like Sayer. He can move around and do things. So uh, good job for. Um, I really like what he's been able to show us. And uh, I mentioned Willock, just the fact that he came in overweight, he hurt his leg, had a rough first year, but he worked his way through it. But, boy, I'm telling you now, he's cut. I mean, he looks felt at 325. I mean, he looks good. It's weird to see an offensive line because, to me, in my mind, an offensive line, you kind of have a center, then you have the guards, then you have the tackles. It's almost like a, a – low like a valley getting to it but this way you have a, a center two guards and then a couple tackles <laughs> that is it that is a mammoth offensive line you nailed it and uh coach is mentioning um Ernest Green and what the other players are saying about him go to our YouTube channel the drone right now check out the Cedric Van Pran interview check out the Warren uh, McClendon interview they do mention Ernest Green uh throughout that you know as a young guy who's really turning some heads and they have great things to say about Xavier Truss and Devin Willock. So, again, we could talk about these guys all the time, but uh, I think it's very important for, for you folks to watch the players talk about each other and notice who they mention. And if you want to be negative about it, notice who they don't. But uh, it, to me, it's big on who – they love to talk about each other. If you're ever having a crappy interview with one of these guys, he doesn't want to talk about himself, Have him ask him about one of his other players – uh, check out the Stetson Bennett interview. It's hilarious when he starts talking about Carson Beck. You can tell that these guys uh, tease each other. There's not there's not animosity there. Uh, Stetson was saying, "Look, uh, Carson played on both teams, but you know our team won, and so we're gonna make sure that he doesn't get the steak. He's got to eat the beanie weenies because he was on the losing team. You know, even though he played on both, and he's trying to claim both. So just the teasing there that goes back and forth, and to hear uh, Keely Ringo and Chris Smith kind of." Uh, chirping at each other and just uh, teasing each other was hilarious. So check out all our post-game interviews when you get a chance. And speaking of uh, interviews, uh, last night I was uh, able to attend the Hall of Fame banquet out here that they have every year that uh, recognizing local high school players and some of our college guys like uh, uh, John Fitzpatrick won an award and uh, Stetson Bennett. And it was good for me because three of my ex-players were also uh, – honored uh, Larry Brown, uh, John Stinchcomb, and Robert Edwards. And uh, they, you know, guys that have done well uh, as, after they've finished uh, their career. But the thing, the point I want to get to here finally is I wish they had some kind of recording of Stetson Bennett getting up in front of everybody and tell them how much it meant to him to be the quarterback at the University of Georgia. The fact that that's all he ever wanted to do since he was a kid was be the quarterback at Georgia. Now, anybody that wants to find something wrong with him, that's fine. But I guarantee you that hit home with me because uh, just, just the fact that he uh, not only has had success and he, you can talk about that up and down, but just from a uh, ability to meet a goal and be the guy, he wants to be, and he relishes that. And people say, "Why would he come back?" All you got to do, is, all you got to do, is listen to that, and you know why he came back. 
And uh, yeah, we have a story about that uh, from our own Dave McMahon, and uh, Vern Lundquist was the keynote speaker out there. So uh, check out the front page of UJSports.com for a recap. Hey, come on, one up me, Roddy. As soon as I'm finished, you got to one up me. Well, hey, you didn't mention Dave. You didn't hey, mention voice stats. Dave. I'm going to tell you what, Dave is invaluable to our site, and he's invaluable to a lot of people in Georgia. Just the fact that he was out there last night uh, kind of moving around people and uh, introducing different people from the Hall of Fame. The guy's got contacts now. I mean, he he does a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, we had the uh, – not we, but our chapter here had the uh, national director, Steve Hatchell, in last night, which shows uh, – you know, it's pretty preeminent to have him here. Uh, he got some kind of award. I can't remember. But but the the fact that Georgia has the biggest uh, chapter of any uh, Hall of Fame uh, groups in the country is a real tribute to a lot of people. Of course, Lauren Smith's done a tremendous job with that over the years. It was good to see Coach Dooley and Coach Rick there. And uh, just uh, a lot of value in uh, the fact that Champ Bailey's going in the Hall of Fame this next year. And uh, looking forward to that and Richard Seymour going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio in August. That's awesome. We were talking about tackles, and I like this comment from Johnny on uh, YouTube. It says, I'm glad Mims is back on the roster because five-star giants don't grow on trees, but modern college football is weird. And I think that that sums it up perfectly. <laughs> hey, that's good, Johnny. That's good. Uh, Johnny, be good. Let's go to uh, more questions over at UGASports.com. Here's a quarterback one for you, Coach. Big old dog. That's the handle, big old dog. Ask, what's the deal with inaccuracy with some short passes from Carson Beck, and then how do you help a quarterback correct that, especially considering how looked he good on some of the deep balls and crossing routes? Yeah, I've always felt like the accuracy is the hardest thing to ever coach and teach. That's why guys are playing right field in Little League Baseball and other guys are pitching. I mean, you, you got to throw strikes as a be a pitcher, and it's hard to teach accuracy, uh, touch, feel. You can get a little bit better anticipation, but you got to remember that uh, some guys on the second team that are playing aren't going to run the routes efficiently as people on the first first team do. So sometimes you're going to be playing with different receivers, and you're not going to look as good as far as you think he's going to run an angle at this degree and he runs a little bit more bent in or another guy's going to break at a quicker pace than another. And so that's why you see some balls that look like the quarterback's not doing as well as he should. But some of these are the receiver's fault. But I think he's definitely right in the fact that that's not a real strength of Carson. He's more of a down-the-field type guy, and he's got a big arm. I mean, he really always has. And he's got a good feel for the offense knows what we what we can do and uh coach bunkin likes to throw the ball uh, from the drop back stuff and then no question that carson's got more uh height and everything and can can do that whereas uh brock is more of a rollout guy although brock did some really good things dropping back too so we got a good good room there i hope that uh you know everybody's conjecture a lot of conjecture where the one or the other would leave i i hope they don't because uh you know, they, they've made a commitment to Georgia, and I hope they stay here. You had made a comment on this earlier, but Pede Tech one did ask, is uh, Jamon Dumas-Johnson good enough to be a three-down linebacker? A lot of people criticize his ability in coverage at G-Day. Yeah, I just feel like 
that maybe I've answered it earlier, but I will think that uh, some of the coverages that we would run to help him, we don't, we didn't run the other day. We wouldn't run some, some of those man under type deals uh, with him in there that we would run with uh, say another guy. So I think it's just a, a case that I feel like he can, but maybe not, maybe as much nickel and dime with him. I mean, if you have your regular people in there third down, he might, but you know, he's just, a young guy and he's got a lot of upside so uh but he, he's making a very astute assumption and watch that and it was true but you got to remember that it was a very controlled scrimmage that limited the defenses and it's hard for uh, let's just say you're playing a basketball game and you won't wilt chamberlain run a full court press the whole game i mean that's not wilt stuff you know i mean he's going be in there inside playing zone, knocking the ball down. He's not going to go out there and press the guy. So, so I don't even know why I said Wilt Chamberlain, but I'm, I'm just saying any big guy would be hard to do that. Same thing true with linebackers. you got to mix it up and play zone, play some combo coverage, some read coverage where if the back release is in the flat, the uh, corner takes him. And if the release is inside, you take him. We didn't do any of that. It was all pure man and uh, – so, so he didn't have a chance to flourish in that resolve. But I'm glad we got him. Yep. <coughs> this one from Gilbert Peterson. And Roddy mentioned him earlier, so I'm going to actually go to you first on this, Roddy, and then Coach can answer. Thoughts on Tyrion Ingram-Dawkins. Is it possible that he starts at the five technique? I mean, it's possible, absolutely. But I was very impressed with him. I know he was a little frustrated last year because he wasn't getting the playing time that he wanted. And – uh you know, we, we did report that because, as Coach mentioned, you know, sometimes guys get homesick. Guys get a little, uh, you know, they get a little frustrated when they uh, show up and can't quite get the playing time they want. But he seems very dialed in now. And uh, he had a couple swim moves, very fast feet. Again, that's uh, it, it's easy to go Jalen Carter and everybody else. But, man, Zion Lowe had a big game. Uh, Warren Brinson had a big game. Uh, Ingram Dawkins had a big one. And then uh, Stackhouse. So, I don't know how it's going to – factor out but yeah you got to be very excited to have when you look over and see Nazir and Logue and uh Brinson and uh, Ingram's Dawkins you're like okay yeah we're losing a lot of guys over here on this defensive front but the guys behind them aren't you know cream puffs and they're they're, they're pretty talented guys so you, you got to like uh, his chances yeah I think the one thing we can look at is collective group there 11 yeah. players supplementing each other and playing strengths and working around what our defense is uh, can do maybe not have quite as many stars that uh, stand out like the draft's going to show here in a couple of weeks, but collectively they're going to be good enough and you add the offensive firepower and it's going to make our team be able to play a lot more nickel maybe than, than just play regular defense where you can really specify certain down and distance uh, as far as different rushes, different type things. Uh, I We've got enough players there on defense to to be really good. Maybe not quite as dominant, but uh, it, it's going to be a good defense. We'll get to uh, more questions from YouTube and Facebook. But, uh, Roddy, it's Tuesday at your pie, and I know that means double points on the app, but that also means you can get the uh, great whites, you can get the Nats, you can get the lineage, the Iska, plenty of uh, options over at your pie. Yeah, that, when you go into a place that's known for – 
pure customization. You're like, okay, I gotta, I'll pick my crust, I'll pick my sauce, I'll pick my cheese, I'll pick all my toppings. There is a group of people who are like, oh, that's, I don't know, that's a little complicated. Well, don't worry about it. You know, you can walk in and just say, hey, look, give me a pepperoni pizza, give me, you know, a anchovy and olive, whatever you want, you know. But I would recommend if you're uh, want to take a chance on a six to eight pizzas that they know are crowd favorites. Walk in and ask for the Southern Heat, my favorite. Go in and ask for the Great White, which is a extra virgin olive oil, mozzarella, uh, uh, ricotta, and feta cheese on it. It's fantastic. Get the lineage that has uh, marinara, mozzarella, pepperoni, Italian sausage, red mushrooms, regular mushrooms, black olives, green peppers. It has everything on it. Barbecue chicken, uh, uh, the gnats. Uh, is a fantastic one. So basically they had their signature pizzas that are, have stuck around because everyone loves them. So try that, you know, order them on the app. I mean, yeah, you can walk into any of these places right now and order behind the counter, but I'm telling you, if you want to get free food, use the app on Tuesdays and get double points. And then you'll get free pizzas and free salads and breadsticks and stuff like that. Also uh, last commercial for you folks. And I want to mention them because they're good friends of ours. Our friends at Athens Ford are having uh, a fantastic uh, spring, mainly by being able to have cars on the lot. And there are a lot of places that don't have them. And um, if you're looking to sell yours, <laughs> by all means, reach out to our friends at Athens Ford. They will give you a uh, price on the spot. And they've reached out to me saying, hey, how's that uh, Ford Explorer doing for you? We'll be happy to take it back. But they're being very aggressive in their uh, purchasing of used cars so that they, because there's such a high demand, uh, but they're actually doing a great job for it. I'm probably going to have to go out there and look for a new one. My son's graduating here. We might have to send him off to college in a uh, in a vehicle. Uh, he's got this truck that he drives relentlessly, but uh, about maybe about time for me to go out there and check out one of those Ford Escapes, you know, or uh, one of the a little bit something something with better gas mileage than that truck he drives. So when you get a chance, swing by our friends at Athens Ford because they actually have cars on the lot, and they are being very aggressive in their inventory um, management. So just like uh, Coach talks about, you know, you got to be uh, aggressive in the transfer portal. They have been very aggressive in the transfer portal. They are getting uh, units that they can move that are in great condition. And, of course, everything you buy from them that's uh, new or uh, pre-owned up to 80,000 miles has a lifetime powertrain warranty on it. So you can shop there with confidence, uh, Great place, great place to go get your service done as well. So we'll talk about them uh, more in detail next week when we just maybe want to have a new car from out there. We'll see. <laughs> Coach, I wanted to ask you about how coaches are having to recruit their own teams because in the work that, that Roddy and I do, we hear a lot of players that are kind of considering the portal or seeing what their options are, and a lot of them end up staying at Georgia. In the case of Amarius Mims, we saw him enter the portal, come back out, going to stay at Georgia. Uh, how has, I guess, it changed to where, I mean, you've always want to have good relationships on your team, but just the process of recruiting guys that are currently on your campus, has that been something you've seen kind of change in the last few years? Yeah, I think it's changed just from a standpoint of the, there, there's an out for them a lot easier. I mean, it used to be a guy would, if he was going to leave, he'd have to sit out a year. So that's a very difficult situation to go somewhere and sit out a whole year unless you would go down to one double A. I think the, the, the thing that you always do with your players and coaches, coaches maybe not. Nope. 
May I lost coach there for a second. That was a good question for me too. That was yeah, probably- Hey, well, while, while we're waiting on the coach to come back, let's grab some of these here on the uh, side. Uh, Phil Rogers wants to know, uh, do we have to be, be down by 85 by August or by September? Yes, you have to be down by 85, which is why coach mentions that there will be guys um, in the transfer portal. What positions are you thinking that might end up being Roddy? Because I've I've heard a few, um, but like that, a lot of that's conjecture, and so I'm curious if you've heard anything more. I I think they're very heavy on the offensive line. You know, Mims leaving didn't quite surprise me. I mean, I know how hard they worked to get him get him back, but you know, if you're looking, you you already saw Clay Webb depart. I could see a couple others do that as well. You know, that wouldn't shock me. In other words, where are you heavy? Where are the conversations after G-Day, these kind of exit interviews saying, hey, look, uh, we don't – I mean, well, they told Stetson Bennett uh, a couple years ago, we don't see a whole lot of playing time for you here, you know. Of course, that was uh, in fall, the fall camp, but, you know, you have this conversation. So, yeah, they do have to get down by that. Uh, look, look at where the chatter is. So right now everyone is talking about tight ends, and it could be one of the best tight end rooms ever. Well, if you're not one of the tight ends featured in that top four or five, maybe you're not going to hang out longer, especially if you've been here for a while. Yeah, so. if you're Brett Seether or Ryland Goden, and I'm not saying either one of them would, but you're, you're looking at, okay, let's run 13 personnel. You're going to have Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers. And, and is it you or is it Reed Gilbert or is it Oscar Delt? You know, and if it's Brett Seether out there in 13 personnel, then he's not going anywhere. If it's Ryland Goat, he's not going anywhere. But if you know that uh, as much 13 personnel as Georgia runs and you can't do it, then uh, maybe that's a guy who departs. But, yeah, you got to get to 85, you know, by the by fall camp. So, as Coach mentions, you might have a, a guy here or there uh, hit the portal. And it's not a bad thing. It's, um, you know, it's just roster management. Coach paid his internet bill. He's back with us. And uh, yeah, I think the big thing there too is, uh, you know, you look at guys like Condon, that's a good move for him. I mean, he's got a go chance to go play at SMU, a uh, spear plan for Michigan State. Rini's uh, down at Arkansas. Uh, you, you got the kid Robinson playing at Miss, Mississippi State, uh, Johnson at East Carolina. So, I mean, there's some guys moving around. Coach, before you got cut off, you were talking about uh, recruiting current players on your team to retain them. Uh, but then also you were saying uh, you, know, you do that with coaches sometimes too. Yeah, you just talk to your players about here's where you are, uh, here's what you need to do. Uh, this is what I expect from you between now and fall camp. Challenge them a little bit. Or just the reality of saying, look, that right now you're not going to be able to play a lot. Maybe you can get special teams, but – we're glad you're here. Be patient. Look at some of these seniors, what they were able to do by hanging on and doing the right thing. And some other guys, sometimes you just got to say, look, reality is you, you're probably not going to play here right away. So if, if you want to look at some possibilities, but but you also tell them, uh, you show them the film and, and show them this is why you're not playing. Uh, here's the guy playing ahead of you. Here's what he's doing. And then from a coach's perspective, you know, talk about their strengths and weaknesses, how they can improve certain areas. You've watched them on the field, uh, the way they handle players, and uh, I suggest maybe doing something a little different. Uh, but uh, just like any boss, uh, your number one job is articulate the method, tell them what you want, and then let them do it. You, you've got everybody pulling together, and uh, that's what you want to do as far as analyzing your coaches too, uh, see how they blend in and what – uh, 
support you. There can't be but one head coach. You got to, you got to be the guy that directs them. But I always felt like coaching the coaches was really the deal. I mean, you got to make sure they get the most out of what they can do. Some of them are better at, at, at other things than, than the, the others. So you just got to coach them up too. But hey, Coach, here's a question for you from uh, Super John Goldsmith. He says, I'm sorry if I miss this, but do coaches tell active players that there isn't a scholarship available for them this year? Would that happen to get them under the limit? You mean just take their scholarship? Yeah. You know, the way it used to be, you signed a four-year scholarship and you had it no matter what, but now you have a one-year renewable. But uh, you usually don't take their scholarship unless they've done some things off the field to warrant that or they're academically not making the progress. Uh, then you can justify taking it. But uh, uh, you just don't get a, a very good uh, – vibe for programs that take scholarships away from people. I mean, it'll catch up with you uh, as far as public with the high school coaches and everything like that. I always felt like, Hey, it was a two way street. I offered you a scholarship. You, you made the commitment to me. I've made it to you. If I made a mistake bringing you in here, uh, I'm not going to penalize you by taking your scholarship. Uh, but at the same time, you owe me every benefit of the doubt to let me try to develop you as much as I can, too. Good point. Uh, we had a question from Phil Rogers about Singletary. You mentioned him and Humphreys when they get here. Uh, do you see Singletary play in safety or a uh, corner? Well, he's got that potential. He could do either one. But uh, you're always yeah. going to look at corner first because that's okay. the hardest position. You, you can always move back there. It's not like safety's easy. But I think they'll look at him hard. He and Humphrey both at uh, corner right off the bat, uh, you know, we've got Nylon Green and uh, Lasseter and uh, Everett. Uh, and, of course, Poole can play in there. But uh, we need to get some some really good cover guys. And what I like is uh, Singletary and Humphrey, both big, angular, got long arms, can knock the ball down. And not only the arms to play the ball in the air, but to engage guys at the line of scrimmage and, you know, hold them up and press coverage. You know, it's hard to do if you got really short arms. Yeah, Singletary's got a punch on the line that folks are really going to enjoy watching. Uh, last question. We'll get this from, from Low Elo Joe. It says, Coach Donnan, have you ever seen a better group of tight ends on one roster? And uh, uh, somebody else pointed out that, well, you know, you did have Randy McMichael, Ben Watson, Jermaine Wiggins. You've had a few of your own there. So, uh, and a lot of people ask about, you know, would Georgia ever use 14 personnel? Basically, the whole the entire comment section is about tight ends. So, if you would, uh... the tendency is when you when you see and have a guy like Bowers coming back in Washington, then all of a sudden you see uh, Gilbert and and also uh, Delt out there, and you know you got Lucky coming in and Sperlin coming in. He's going to be really good. Just Todd Hartley just got uh, got the the message there out to everybody, and these kids want to play in a system. But uh, I think. One guy that's going to flourish maybe that we haven't seen is uh, Washington. You know, he he would have been catching a lot of these balls this spring. You know, he's only been targeted 12 times in two years uh, because of being hurt and everything like that. But uh, I could see him being a guy that takes a lot of pressure off of Bowers because of the underneath stuff that's really going to let Bowers get out <coughs> in, in, the, in the seams more. And also you got uh, Gilbert doing that too. Have you ever as far as rooms? Uh, saw Larry Brown last night played tight end for us. We had Larry Brown, Jermaine Wiggins, uh, Javaris Johnson, Randy McMichael, 
at, at one time. That's four pretty good guys, but all of them had pro careers. But I think it's just a – I don't think I've seen two better guys than uh, Gilbert and Bowers. I mean, if you look at it, in the last two years, the number one tight end in the country was Gilbert in, in 2021. Uh, 20 and and Bowers with 2021 and they're both on our team so I think he's definitely right there as far as I don't think you've seen it and I had the best tight end that I've ever seen play for me at Oklahoma Keith Jackson uh you talk about somebody could do everything now uh we had him catch punts one year Switzer said look I'm tired of seeing these guys drop the ball put Keith back there I know he'll catch it (laughs) <laughs> tight end returning punts. I love it. Six five two sixty back there. Uh, Keith could do about anything. Uh, he also played a cello, which you don't find many guys tight end playing a cello. Wow, did not know that. But uh, real quick, have you ever run fourteen personnel? Have you ever eaten a your pie? <laughs> I, well, I just saying it was one of the questions. I'm like, uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I mean, definitely. And and you know, the guy that really wants to get in there is Carter. Well, uh, I was going to ask, like, Carter what does George's jumbo there. formation he look wants like? To this get year? in there on the goal line, and let him catch. No, he's one for one. But <laughs> Carter, Carter could go into that group and play. I mean, he yeah. he can make an imprint in there. Uh, so we're good there. We're uh, we can worry about a lot of things, but. That's yeah. not one of them. And I don't worry about receiver near as much as I did going in the spring, seeing uh, Blaylock and uh, and Kyrus back out there. And, and of course, McConkey and Mitchell are first-team SEC guys. They can play for anybody. I, I really think they got the, the skill set and the, and the game management-type plays. They just look at their tape. They made plays against SEC guys over and over. I'll take Georgia six top six wide receivers against uh, just about anybody. That is a hell of a group. Coach, you mentioned Carter uh, in that jumbo formation. Who takes Jordan Davis's spot? What does that jumbo formation look like now? Well, you got a lot of guys that could get back there and do it. That's for sure. Uh, you know, uh, they had Mims do it the one spring game uh, two years ago. I mean, he could do it. He, he's that kind of guy. Have you seen him dunk? Look on YouTube. He's got that kind of skill level. That'd be a good way to get him in. But hey, we, that's what Kirby said. Hey, we're bringing you back in the jumbo package, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a joke. But uh, I'm glad Mims is here. He's a Georgia guy. He loves Georgia. He, you know, he just had some a tough deal. And everybody's got to – I mean, it's something I always felt. You just don't love your kids when they do something right. You know, when, when adversity strikes, that's when you got to help them a little more. And no. this kid comes from a good family. And, and uh, he – he went out there to see what was out there and he realized what we have here. And uh, that's just my own words, but uh, I'm glad we got him. Uh, see, you love your kids all the time. Mine's my love's conditional. If my son acts up, then he's not my son anymore. Oh, I, I don't know about that, but the big, biggest problem with your son though, is you know, he'll whip your ass because <laughs> exactly. you have to, you know, have to step lively man. around that boy. He, 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 would, pin, now. he would pin you. Uh, he is. Pretty quick. I, you talk about a wrestler. Everybody's always talking about stories, me telling stories. But we had a situation. We had this kid at uh, North Carolina was a, a scholarship quarterback, but he was also an ACC wrestler. 
and won the 177 pound. His name was Hoffman, and he couldn't ever get on the field on on our uh, football team, so he's always a scout team quarterback. And we had a coach that was there named Al Grow, who uh, everybody knows ended up coaching in the pros and a uh, good coach. But you know, Al was a very stern guy and wanted to, everything to be right. And he was on Hoffman really hard one day. And we were down on the offensive end, and everybody heard a big hubbub down there. Well, he jumped on Hoffman one too many times, and he turned around and pinned his ass right there on the field and had him <laughs> down and in in getting ready to submit, and they had to pull him off of him. But it was pretty cool. And uh, we, we had we had some film of that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Again, that's why I step lively around the boy. <laughs> Don't be put on my back. All right, folks, uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in early this week. We know Dane has some stuff he has to do. We're going to let him go. Uh, appreciate everybody uh, adjusting your schedule to be a part of it. Loved all the questions. Let's do it again next week. We'll try to be back at our normal time on Tuesday at noon. We will see you all then for our uh, podcast sponsors. Uh, remember to hit up your pie on Tuesday. Do it today. Swing by Athens Ford. Grab a new new or pre-owned vehicle. Hit our friends at Dead Socks to use promo code HOMER, H-O-M-E-R, to get 40% off, you know. And, of course, uh, go out to Academia. They always have something fun going on out there, especially the Harry Potter Trivia Night. So check out all our sponsors and check out our show next Tuesday at noon. We'll see you then. Take care.